Pitches. There is a way to increase your impact without becoming a slave to your business. This is Purpose to Profit, where we talk to top industry experts, coaches, and clients about their strategies that will help you do less and make more. And now, here's your hosts. Hey guys, I'm Adam Marquart. What's up, everyone? Sandra Garcia here. Today, we have Patrick Moore joining us as our sales expert. So Patrick has over a decade of experience in both frontline and business-to-business sales in the enterprise space, and as well as sales management. He has a track record for building, coaching, and developing high-performing sales teams and crushing it as an individual contributor. And I can attest to that. So warm welcome. Patty, thanks for being with us here today. Absolutely, guys. Excited to be here. I appreciate you guys having me. So it's great Mm -hmm. to meet you guys. Yes. So I actually had the pleasure of working with Patrick side by side, and I've actually never met anyone who could outwork this man. And he wouldn't just work hard. He worked hard and smart. The way that he's been able to climb up in the company, I think, is proof of that. So you're doing something right. So I talked a little bit about what you do for work, and you're welcome to add to that if I missed anything. But I'm curious, what does your life look like outside of work, like when you're off the clock? What passions does your work fuel? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good question, right? So, you know, first off, just to expand a little bit on what I do professionally is I've had over 10 years of sales experience, and I've done a lot of different things from retail to outside B2B, you know, walking door to door. And now what I'm doing is enterprise sales. So I'm working with companies that are a billion revenue and up to some of the largest companies have 50 billion in revenue, right? And so I'm building relationships and selling, you know, solutions to help them automate processes currently. And so, you know, outside of work is where I draw a lot of my passion, right? So I have a family, which is at the core of everything that I do. You know, I have a wife and two kiddos. And then also, Sandra, you know, I'm an extremely competitive person. So, you know, what's always driven me is competition, whether it's competition with myself, whether it's competition with people around me. But outside of work, you know, I've done competitive cycling, so mountain and road, a sport that's in the margin, professional bass fishing, right? Semi-professional bass fishing. (laughs) Yes, that is a real sport. Um, Yes, it is very competitive and people are pretty crazy about it. So, you know, those are kind of, I think the three things that drive me when I'm not in business is family. Family grounds me. It's my number one focus in life. But then competition and competitive cycling and and bass fishing. Mm. I have two questions. What's the biggest fish you ever caught? And how how does that serve that your competitive nature? How does that serve you in your in this the space that you're in? Yeah, that's a funny question, man. So for those anyone that's watching that's a bass fisherman, you've probably you could have potentially caught something bigger than me. But right now my personal record is eight pounds and six ounces. For those of you that don't fish, it takes a bass about six or eight years to get that big and anything over 10 pounds, you may never catch ever again. So, you know, eight, six is a pretty big fish. And then the second part of that question is, you know, how does that drive you outside of work? Right. Is I think it's just, I'm always trying to set different bars for myself and whether that's honestly conscious or whether that's something that just, that is subconscious that I've always just driven towards is not so much. How can I be better than everyone around me. Yeah, that's kind of, (laughs) I like to beat other people. 
but at the end of the day, it's like, how can I be better for myself? Right. And, you know, if I've caught an eight pound, six ounce bass, I've been trying for the last year and a half to beat that record. Now I haven't done it yet. But when I go out on the water, it's about, you know, not how many fish can I catch anymore. It's can I beat that record? You know, and I think that kind of translates into everything I do is can I just continue to be a better version of myself and, you know, continue to to beat what my personal best was, whether that's in work, whether that's in personal life or whether that's in competitive bass fishing. Patrick, that's huge. And I love that mentality and the aspect of what you said of, you know, just trying to continue to expand and grow into, you know, the best self that you can be and really stretching yourself. The one question that I had that popped up was you said that you have done everything from basically knocking doors to now dealing with billion dollar companies across the board, because I know that different people who are listening have different price points, they have different audiences, they have different enrollment strategies. Is there one thing that you've seen consistently across like all of those different, I guess, price points with what you're selling that has really helped you or, you know, something that you've really tapped into that has allowed you to continue to kick ass doing what you're doing? Yeah, right. If you boil it down to one thing, I think it's not as simple as that. I think I was giving this a lot of thought. There's really honestly kind of three simple things there. And I think the reality is, is no matter, you know, who you're pitching to, who you're selling to, who you're serving, who you're helping, because that's the reality, right? Is yes, I sell a solution, but I'm serving, right? I'm serving people. And so it came down to really kind of three core things across everything I've done, right? So I've sold the mom and pop shops, people that are a two-person business to people that have 50,000 employees, right? So it's really three things. Relationship, right? How am I building a relationship with these people outside of just what I'm trying to sell them, (laughs) right? Am I understanding who they are, what drives them personally, what drives them as an organization from a relationship perspective to solving problems? It's reality. I mean, that's what you're doing when you're selling a solution or you're enrolling people in something, you're solving a problem, right? So do you understand what those problems, what those challenges are? And then the last part is, are you validating the value that you can bring to solve that problem? And at the end of the day, that's the consistent theme for me, right? If I understand who you are, what makes you tick, why you want to engage with me, I truly understand the problem that I'm trying to help you solve. And then three, I've validated the fact that I can improve in credibility by building trust and being honest (laughs) through the process. That's the consistent theme, right? Through my entire career, those three core things. Wow, that is powerful. Like I'm relating that back to the, I came from a sales background too. And one of the things that Adam and I actually have talked about quite a bit is the difference between selling and the word that you use, like serving. And in our case, it's like selling versus coaching. But those three components are very relevant in in our space where it's like learning, like what makes someone tick, like what makes coaching important now, like building that relationship, that rapport is the most important thing. And then finding like why they're there, what problem are you solving and offering a solution? But then, like you said, validating the value like behind that solution. So that that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And to Sandra's point, like, I think that that was even a mistake that I caught myself in a couple months back. It it was, it was relatively recently where I was showing up 
to the strategy calls I was having with prospects. And I was at a point where I was trying to figure out how it could serve me. And the problem that created was I wasn't showing up as a coach to help them. I wasn't talking to them about their problems. I wasn't helping them with their, like, what solution did they need? And I think that sometimes people, you know, maybe you're listening to this right now and you can really resonate with that because I think sometimes we get so caught up in the sales aspect, we actually forget the serving aspect. And that's the part that I always now put first is how can I show up for this client? How can I serve them or this prospect? And that sometimes now leads to them becoming a client because one, at the end of the call, if I can help them, I ask them if they want my help or two, sometimes now they'll even initiate it and they'll say, you know, hey, how can we keep working together? And that's the thing when you show up and you're in your true way of being and offering, you know, the solution and they're experiencing the solution in whatever capacity that may look like that's when you can have the greatest impact, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's valid, right? And to that point, I think, you know, regardless of like the world I'm in now, I'm working year long, year to 18 month to maybe even a two year sales cycle. And the reality is, is whether you're, you're engaged with that customer for a day, for a month, for six months, those kind of three core things are important, period, right? So if you're not understanding, if you're not building the relationship and trust, if you're not understanding the problems that you're trying to solve, you're not validating why you're valuable to them. It's kind of a lost cause, right? It, early on, so when I was in school at Fresno State, I had a professor who would always talk about, and I think Sandra, you've heard this story, <laughs> W-I-I-F-M. Right. So everyone in the world tunes into at a certain point in their life, WIIFM. That's what's in it for me. Right. He joked around and said it was a radio station. Right. <laughs> so, you know, what's in it for me is really important. It's, it's important to understand that. And when you, like, you know, like you mentioned, when you try to remove, like, hey, what's, what's the drivers for me, for Patrick in this sale? And I really try to tune into the radio station that is what's in it for them then I think you really start to learn a lot more about how you can actually engage and help that person. And at the end of the day, that's really what you're trying to do in most or if any sales situation. You're trying to help them solve a core problem. And if you don't dial into WIIFM radio, (laughs) you're going to miss the whole point. Hey, Adam, what do you think about naming our podcast that? (laughs) 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 No, I, I love that. So what is it? What's in it for me? What's in it for them? How do we work together so both sides win, right? So it's not a a one-sided deal. It's a give-to-get relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And back to what you were saying earlier, Adam, I think you referenced this, a car salesman trying to sell a car without offering you to test drive it. Like You don't get to experience you as a coach, but you're expecting them to buy into your offer when there's nothing on the table. I yeah, think that's, that that's shift for me was huge. One of the, our previous guests had kind of worded it in, you know, in conversation that we had where he said, you know, I show up to calls with my clients. Like I would show up to a conversation with God and that mm-hmm. kind of really just resonated with me. And so now that's how I show up to calls with all my prospects, right? They deserve to, you know, experience me hundred percent. They deserve to walk away with whatever it is that they need to walk away with. And when you come at a place like that, where you are serving and and supporting them, 
then it almost becomes a natural one because you've built rapport. Two, you've almost proven yourself in that short amount of time. And three, you know, they've gotten to experience that. And, and it's one of those things where they can walk away with clarity. They can walk away with, you know, a positive experience. They can walk away with, you know, knowing what to do next and maybe even working with you. And, you know, not everybody's a good fit for us. And we know that, but, you know, the more that we can show up and serve the right people, the better those relationships are, the more we can help, the more we can impact, the more they go on to impact. Like it's this whole incredible positive, crazy cycle that I just love being a part of. So the ripple effect. Absolutely. Patrick, I got a question for you. You mentioned that one of the things, you know, within your sales process is understanding their pain points. I think that a lot of people tend to make assumptions of their audience, ideal clients pain points, but they don't necessarily figure them out or they don't necessarily look for, you know, deeper pain points or ways that they can improve that situation. What do you do to identify pain points and really expand upon that to make it real, to make it partly like what's going to happen if you don't take this action kind of thing? Yeah, solid question, right? And sometimes identifying pain points is not the easiest up front, to be honest, right? Sometimes when you're or I'm talking to a customer, maybe honestly, they haven't even fully defined what their pain points are. They may not, like they have an idea, but they may not truly know. In in my world, it really comes over kind of a process in a period of time, right? But really where we drill, where I kind of drill into it is I think it boils down to a lot of listening. It boils down to asking the right questions. You know, I work with industries of all shapes and sizes, right? So I don't, you know, specify in like healthcare or one single industry. I'm working with all industries. So I'm coming into a lot of different types of pain points. But really for me, what it comes down to is I always try to have some really good key questions that I'm going to ask up front. I try to do as much research as I possibly can on that customer, recent events, recent current things that are happening, looking at the news reading about some of their key top initiatives, and then trying to really just ask them from a high level down, like, what is the key? What are the key initiatives that are driving your organization? And what are some of the kind of key challenges that you guys are facing? And I try to boil that down, right? And, And sometimes it takes me a month, two months, three months, six months to truly drill into that. But it's through constant questions, constant requalification, constant validation, that third key point that I made, right? Are you re, like regurgitating, hey, we met last week, we talked for an hour, we drilled in specifically to your HR processes. This is what I heard from you. This is what I think are some of the key core challenges, but can you validate that for me? Because you know your business better than I do. And this is what I heard. This is what I think. But am I accurate? Am I on the right point? And if I'm not, I think if you pause to validate that with the customer, or you know the client, whoever you're working with, they're going to put you back on the right path pretty quickly. And you'd be surprised. I don't think a lot of people stop and pause to truly try to validate <laughs> that what you heard and what your assumptions are of their pain is accurate. Does that answer the question for you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing that I pulled out of there that one of the things that you said that was incredibly valuable is asking good questions. And I think that this yeah. is something that everybody listening needs to really pay attention to because asking good questions could be the difference between either in the short term or the long term, the sale. 
And I learned this when I've got a marketing background and I wouldn't just go to a client and be like, hey, do you want Facebook ads, right? It's like, no, hey, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? Because at the end of the day, they don't know what they don't know. They might not know what they need or what they don't need and how you can support them. So when you ask good questions, you get them thinking, you get build rapport with them and you get a deeper understanding of where they are, what they need and how you can serve them best. Yeah. Right. And when you're asking solid questions like that too, you've got to stop, pause and truly listen, right? Let them, if you come up with some really good key core questions, you're going to be surprised that if you talk 20% of the time and listen 80% of the time of how much you're actually going to learn from that conversation. Absolutely. And I love that because I think listening is incredibly important in that whole process because it also makes them feel validated because, you know, what's in it for me is also you look at the aspect of that from a 30,000 foot view, people want to talk about themselves. And the more you can get them talking about themselves, the deeper relationship you can build, the more information you can gather, you know, the easier the relationship building process becomes. On that note, you said that you've got a really long sales cycle, could be anywhere between 12 and 24 months. What keeps you going to continue to nurture these relationships when it's such a long sales process? Because I know that, you know, some people listening tend to have a shorter sales process could be anywhere between a day and three months, but they often get discouraged or they stop short. Like they'll send one email or one point of contact or they'll, you know, one video and it's not that consistent nurturing that is needed, even when you don't know that sales coming. So how do you relate, you nurture that relationship in a way that is going to be supportive in the long term? Yeah, that's an awesome question. And it's an important point, right? Because I'm going to be honest with you guys, there are days where I get discouraged. There are days where it's like, man, I've been talking to you about this for nine months and we are still not in a ready position. But I'm also working with a lot of different players within the organization, right? So I'm working with legal, I'm working with HR, I'm working with the technology group. So I've got to get checks and balances from multiple different people. And as I think at the end of the day, it comes down to my competitive drive. I look at it as as a challenge, (laughs) right? And I look at it also as, have I fully validated everything? Can I keep the ball moving? And the way that I, that honestly, that I stay validated and focused is I've got little checkpoints along the way that I create for myself, right? So if I get a win from legal, awesome, great. That keeps me fired up, right? And then, okay, I've got legal on board now. I've checked through that process. Okay, now let's pivot back to HR. Is the business comfortable? The the group that's actually going to use this solution, are they comfortable? Am I meeting with the right people? Am I keeping the conversation going with them? And am I hitting their true value, right? And then when I get that check off, awesome, great. Then it's sometimes I move on to to IT, right? Okay, I've got the business on board. I've got legal on board. Now I've got to get IT on board. And it's just those little little challenges along the way. And I, I try to pause and, you know, celebrate that as a win versus going, hey, man, I've been nine months into, into this and it's still not done. I try to look at it as, hey, I've won legal over. I've won HR over. We're now on to IT. I'm making constant progress. I'm learning. I've built a relationship. I've got a champion in the director of HR. Maybe we've gone to a ball game. Maybe I've gotten to know about his kids. Like I try to (laughs) just create little wins along the way for myself to keep myself motivated. 
You know what that makes me think of, Patrick? So we take our clients through a six-month program, and they're going to be crafting and and defining what their six-month goals look like. And sometimes when you're working towards something, and and like Adam said, your sales cycle is much longer, and your expression can get compromised because you could feel far from the final destination. But what we do is we break down those six-month goals to monthly goals to weekly goals and so we create yeah. those milestones that you're talking about so you can get that small win to keep you pacing for the long haul. So I think that is incredibly important and not enough people do that. And and it's necessary. If you want a big win, you have to give yourself those small wins like that's what's fueling the fire. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. What's in it for you? <laughs> W-I-I-F-M, right? What radio does Patrick tune into? Yes. Honestly, I think you know the answer to this, Sandra, because you know me pretty well. But what's in it for me is security for my family, right? So that's truly what drives me in, in everything that I do, right? Is I've got two kiddos and I've got a wife and that's what keeps me ticking, right? That's really what keeps me going is is am I creating a good life for them? Obviously, I'm not going to self-sacrifice myself either. Am I happy? Do I enjoy what I do? Absolutely, yes. Is it stressful at times? Yes. <laughs> but ultimately, it's, it's family, right? I mean, that's what drives me. That's what grounds me. That's what it's always been about, you know? And I've made moves along my career. Sandra, a lot of them you're familiar with, you know, where, you know, I was commuting long distances to get into Adobe to provide, you know, security for my family. And, you know, I made a lot of micro moves in my career and I've been at crossroads where, you know, recently I made a decision to move to relocate back to the hometown in which I grew up in. And I was concerned that it was going to limit a career move and a career promotion that I could make. But at the end of the day, what was more important to me was that my wife was going to be close to my parents, that... I was around to help support my twin sister and my family and that my kids had a family support system. And we made that decision about nine months ago to relocate. And three months after I made that decision, I was also handed the promotion. So the reason why I bring that up is because I think it's important to stay true to your true values and what drives you forward. And the fact that I thought I was sacrificing career to make the right decision for my family, and I got both by making the decision that was core to my values. I got both. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Stay true to your values. And that is incredibly powerful. This man knows his why, and it's important to know your why. If you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you don't know what the heck you're doing. And so keeping that in perspective is always going to give you that momentum to push forward, even when times get rough and like making decisions based on your values, you're never going to be led astray. And like if you're consistent and you're passionate about what you do and you have your, your why at the forefront, like you're unstoppable. Agreed. So Patrick, I got one more question for you. (laughs) What keeps you up at night? (laughs) Besides your, besides your children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Besides the 17 month the 17 month old that's finally starting to sleep at, at night. That's uh, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, he's finally starting to sleep. Thank you. 
<laughs> honestly, honestly, I think it's being a better version of myself, right? I mean, Sandra knows I'm I'm extremely competitive with with myself, and I'm I'm extremely competitive in making sure that I'm driving me forward, you know. And I think sometimes that keeps me up at night, right? I think sometimes you got to realize don't let things like that keep you up at night. <laughs> But it's always, am I driving forward? Am I achieving the next goal that I've set for myself? Am I on the right path? Am I stopping to also reflect and enjoy the success that I've had? But that's, I'd say that's the number one thing that keeps me up at night, man, is I always just want to make sure that I'm growing. Because if you're standing still and you're not moving forward, you're not growing. And it's okay to pause and smell the roses like Sandra's taught me in the past. <laughs> but, you know, that's what keeps me up at night is I just want to make sure that I'm constantly growing, adapting and, and moving forward in all areas and facets of my life. Mm-hmm. I love that, Patrick. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been incredibly valuable. I appreciate you taking the time at the end of quarter to talk with us today. <laughs> You've delivered so much value to our listeners, and I can't wait to do this again. I wish you the best of luck. Like I know, like who you are and what's driving you. Like the sky is is not the limit, and I'm excited to see what what comes of that. So thank you for, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. I'm, I'm excited, right? Hopefully, you know, listeners, you guys out there see value. It's not a perfect world, right? You're going to fail. Fail fast and learn from it. <laughs> That's mm. the message that I would, that I would leave you with. <laughs> fail fast and learn from it. <laughs> yep, fail yes, quickly and learn it. from it, right? Because it's not a perfect mm-hmm. world, man. It is not a perfect world. You're going to fall down. But as long as you get back up and you know what drives you at the end of the day, those are the two most important things. Yes. Thank awesome. you. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck in everything that you're doing. Um, hopefully, you can drive that sales cycle down to under six months. <laughs> start, start That's always the goal. It. Exactly. <laughs> and we, we thank you for being on here, man. Thank you, guys. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you could be anywhere doing anything, but I'm incredibly grateful that you decided to spend your time with us. We hope that there were some valuable pieces that you took away from this. If you want to catch more of our episodes, then go right now and subscribe. And remember, wherever you are on your journey, keep going and never quit.